You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. to the Nick and Nolan Show, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast with your host, Nick Batt. The Prime Minister of Sweden visited Washington today and my tiny little nipples went to France. And Bruce Nolan. Yo, brethren, what up with thee? Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining us for this episode of The Nick and Nolan Show. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter, at Bruce Exclusive, and along with me, as always, Nick Bat. You can find me on Twitter, at N-I-C-K-B-A-T. I don't like this. It's not right. It doesn't tickle the ears the way that you, the way that you, 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 you know, you're used to. We did it backwards just to screw the, you guys the, up. The, the synapses in my brain are firing, and they're all they're all wrong. Cobwebs are being dusted off, and things are happening. They don't even know who we are anymore, Nick. No, no. no we thrown them for loop. First, we didn't drop on Wednesday like we normally do, and now they, they boot it up, and the first thing they hear is me and not you, and they're getting ready to turn off this pod going, oh, no, it's another solo pod by yeah, Bruce. I, no, but it's not. It's the real thing. It's, it's the, the real thing. thing. We are here. Okay. So you want me to we go back to normal? Yeah, you can okay, do, okay, your, yeah. You do your thing, I'll do, I'll do my thing. So thank you very much for joining us, everybody. We appreciate you being along, as always, after this incredibly, uh, the juices are flowing, the cojones, everything is just, you, you, you know, we are ready. We are ready after this incredible victory, you know, as, as we both tweeted, because we said it and then we just both decided to tweet it. Tyree Jackson told A.J. McCarron a year ago, 2018 A.J. McCarron. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. That's right. Tyree Jackson orchestrating an incredible comeback victory that obviously will have its own entry in Canton one day at the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it, the first thing that kind of flashes before my eyes is the 4-0 Detroit Lions going 0-16 and the 4-0 Cleveland Browns going 0-16. So there was a part of me that didn't really want us to win that game, I'm not going to lie, because I just didn't want that in my wheelhouse for today, but... You know, we won anyway, and I guess I'm just going to have to deal with the Bills being the 2019 preseason champions. Yeah, absolutely. I, I guess, you know, never hurts to win, as I'm sure Sean McDermott would agree, but we are not here to talk about that game very much. It is a means to an end, correct, for us to talk about what we are really here today to talk about, which is the final, the definitive, and the only Nick and Nolan 53-man roster projection. So... Why don't we, uh, was there anything that you do want to talk about from the game? I mean, we, we poke fun at Tyree Jackson and everything. I mean, we've said a lot of things already earlier about, you know, when you play late in the game, that's not good. I found this game actually very informative for my, for my roster projections. There were definitely people who 
I did not know if they had a chance at making the roster or I didn't know what the team necessarily thought of them. And I think we know a lot more now after this game. Yeah, I think the most important things that I learned from this game, I learned from Brandon Bean talking in the announcer's booth. So that was Steve Tasker and Andrew Catalan scooping everybody. I know. Mitch Morse out of the concussion protocol, wanting to put Tyler Croft on the active 53-man roster from day one. Just digging up all the good stuff. Yeah, really. Okay, well, uh, why don't we start? You want to go position by position? Absolutely. Okay, position by position. So we each have our roster projection notes in front of us, and we are going to go through and then talk about, well, we'll we'll talk this out together. So uh, quarterback, I've got two locks. And I'm assuming you're the, you're giving me the blankest stare I've ever seen. I, I, I don't even see a way you could argue that Tyree Jackson. I I, I wouldn't even entertain Tyree Jackson okay. being on the 53 at this point. So so I actually went through and I did locks, people who I thought were on the bubble. Then I did practice squad. You did not project the practice squad. No, I did not. Okay. Well, you can you can comment on mine as we go through. Okay. So Allen and Barkley, that's two. Yeah. Okay. Running back, I've got McCoy, Gore, and Singletary were locks. I had Yeldon in yellow, which in, in my world meant that he was on the bubble, but he, the dude didn't dress, which means as a healthy scratch in, in game number four, when you really only had two running backs, Marcus Murphy and, and Christian Wade, I think Yeldon's a lock. I don't know if Yeldon's necessarily a lock, but I think that they've seen everything that they wanted to see from him. I think he makes this team. It's a shame because it's it's it means to me that probably Sonoris. I mean, you're not going to carry five running backs, which would mean Sonoris Perry's not on the team. Uh, he's cut. Marcus Murphy. I, I think that dude has a future in the NFL elsewhere. Uh, he ran really well tonight. Returned a punt for a touchdown, and even against backups, I mean, the skills there are pretty pretty translatable to what you're going to experience on the regular. And I'm sad to see him go. You made the comment that in like an ideal world, in an alternative reality, he would be a perfect running back four. Yeah, I think Marcus Murphy can play in this league. I think it's a testament to how strong the running back depth chart is that we have someone who I absolutely believe is a rosterable player who I don't think has any chance of not being on a roster somewhere in this league this year. If anybody had gotten injured... And it was long term. I think he's in. I think so too. But I just it just didn't go that way for him. And I wish him nothing but the best. But I don't think it's going to be on the Bills. And then Christian Wade. Are we cutting? Are we really going to cut him, Bruce? Can we expose him? Is it possible? I need you to take a minute and just wrap your head around the concept that we might have to expose the guy who's never played football before this year. <laughs> okay. Okay. It, it might have to happen. I'm so sorry for that. By the okay, way. Okay. So, so we are at six positions. Allen, Barkley, McCoy, Gore, Singletary, Yelton. Fullback, Patrick DeMarco. Absolutely. Okay, lock for me too. Okay, so we just move on? No conversation yep. there? Okay, good. Wide receiver. I went, Going into the game, I had five locks with Brown, Jones, Beasley, Foster, and Roberts. I agree. Foster's the only one of those guys who even dressed. Yeah, and he played the crap out of special teams, which is great because... 
you know, there were discussions coming into this year that maybe Foster was wide receiver one, right? That was ridiculously overblown. I made the Devery Henderson comparison a bunch of times over the offseason. Even if he's a wide receiver four and he has a specialty, he's your designated deep threat guy for wide receiver four, then there's a role on this team for him. Wide receiver four got to play gunner, baby. Like, you got to play special teams. And he can. He can play special teams. He can. He can play special teams. So I, I really think that that's something that behooves him for this roster. He was locked before, but I think he's locked now. Okay, guys who I said were not going to make it were, were, were cuts. Going into today, guys who I said were cuts. I said Vic Bolden. I said Cam Phillips. I also said David Sills, Nick Easley, and Ray Ray McLeod. However, we'll talk about them more later, for me at least. And that left two guys, Duke Williams and Isaiah McKenzie, who would be wide receivers six and or seven as bubble guys for me. So I th- I, I'm going to leave it there and let you talk about where you're at with that. I think the fact that Ray Ray McLeod was still in. Yeah, late. In very, very late in the fourth quarter means it's a practice squad discussion with him. I think the sixth spot has narrowed itself down from seven to the three that I had on my solo pod all the way down to two. And it's Isaiah McKenzie and Duke Williams. And you're going to make me make the call? Okay. Oh, I know I, the call. You Okay. You know, you, you we've talked about it during the game, obviously. We've been in each other's presence for hours. Pray for me. Now, that wasn't very nice. So, the... <laughs> The answer is, in your mind, Duke Williams. Yes, I think he, Duke he, Williams gets the spot at this point. There's three things that inform my my opinion on what the Bills are going to do. Because this is trying to be predictive. We're trying to get this right, right? So, the three things are the reports out of camp from guys that all the beat reporters. Okay, number one. Number two would be the kinds of things that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and Chad Hall say. Okay, and then number three would be how they look in the games, but more importantly, how they're being used. What's their playing time in the games? And I am so confused about them seeming to save Isaiah McKenzie. Like, the dude has seen, like, three snaps since the second game. Does that... Does that mean anything to you like how do you explain that it could be or it could be that they've got so much more tape and experience with Isaiah McKenzie than they have with Duke Williams because he was on the team last year and was on the active roster you know it's the same reason why you might have Josh Allen throw the ball 80,000 times the first two games and throw it six times the third game because you're trying to see what do I want to see out of this game and if you already know what Isaiah McKenzie looks like and Every snap that you give Isaiah McKenzie is going to be one snap that you don't get to evaluate, somebody that you need to look at, then why would you play him? Yeah, I don't know, man. To me, it just, it doesn't seem like it's a negative that they didn't play him because every time he was on the field, he was making plays or doing the right thing. He didn't Except when he fumbled. He did have one fumble, which is the complaint from last year, but Cole Beasley fumbled too with, I mean, I I don't know. It, It doesn't have to be, that doesn't have to be particularly descriptive of who he is as a player. Now, we have evidence to suggest that last season he was that and he showed it again. So maybe you're right. I reserve the I reserve the right to come back because I'm going to say Duke Williams is on the roster for right now, but I'm going to think about it for the next couple minutes while we go through this. Uh, tight end. Knox, Smith, Sweeney, 
and until recently, I had Croft on the pup. But Brandon Bean flat out said, we're hoping to put him on the 53. Yeah. Which changes the roster composition discussion because we no longer have a free roster spot. You and I both shook our heads saying, we think this is a bad idea. We think that putting Croft on the pup to start the year is a smarter roster composition move. But I don't think they really care what we think. It really, it puts a wrinkle in how I'm looking at things. I found a way, I think, to keep seven wide receivers. But putting Croft on the, not on the pup, makes it so that that's not possible. And then you don't have to cross that bridge until week six. And by week six, inevitably, somebody's going to be hurt somewhere. And it might be easier to let these decisions make themselves. Unless they think Tyler Croft's going to be ready week two. Which they they very well might. Obviously, I would think they do. So, yeah, Croft, Knox, Sweeney, Smith are all on the active. Okay. Which means we're cutting Jason Kroom, Keith Tobridge, Nate Becker, and Kyle Carter. I didn't see Tobridge, Becker, or Carter get any run late in the game today. I saw Tobridge in there. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Well, Kroom got a lot of run, and I think he's an NFL player. And I think he has a future elsewhere, and it won't be with us. I agree. Okay. Offensive line. Dawkins, Spain, Morse, Ford, Inseki, Feliciano, Locks. Those are locks. Spencer Long for you is not a lock. I don't think Spencer Long is a lock. No. I think he's going to make the team. For, for me, he was a lock. But go on. Okay. Go on. I think he's going to make the team. I don't think he's a lock. I think there's discussion to be had. You and I have a difference of opinion on the word lock and what that means. Yeah, we had some we robust dialogue for those of you who are following our Twitter. Robust lockstep I, dialogue. Yes. We were we were not in lockstep with our robust dialogue earlier this day. It was robust dialogue about how we weren't. Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna shake it through though. We're, we're like all good families, you know. Mommy and daddy are gonna stay together for the kids. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. So the backups. <laughs> okay, go on. So the backups here are Spencer Long, Ryan Bates, Ike Butker. Yeah. And Feliciano also, of course. Yeah, but, Feliciano. But he was a lock for you. Teller obviously was in that conversation until like four hours ago. Yeah, I actually had Teller making my 53 up until he got traded. I had him making it over Betker. I, I, I struggled with it because when, last week, when Spain went out, Butker was the first man in. And that shook up my world a little bit because I just assumed Wyatt Teller would be the first man in at left guard. But... Wyatt Teller got a little bit of run at right tackle, and they must not have liked what they saw. And they said, uh... The, the concern for Teller, what was always working against him, is position flex. Yeah, if he's a guard only, yeah. which apparently they determined that he is, right. then that's not good. We're not a tackle-rich team. That's what it comes down mm-hmm. to, is we're not really a tackle-rich team. And to have a guy... We, we, but we are an interior-rich team. We're very interior-rich team. Incredibly interior-rich. So that really put Teller... Uh, on the outs, so he get he goes away, um, and and I think it's a great move. I mean, you, you spent a fifth on him, you had him for two two a, a season and a, and a spring, right? Season and a summer, you get a fifth back for him, and then you swapped a six for a seven, so you you went up one round at, from the seventh to six. That's a plus, and then you got the pick that you used on him back, 
That, I mean, most of the time, whenever the guys don't work out, you just cut them and you don't get a pick for cutting them. And we got it this year for the seventh next year. So the way that draft pick for draft pick swaps typically go is that a third this year is worth a different pick next year. So if you want to pick in the second round, you want to, I want to, I want to have a second round pick this year. It's going to cost you next year's first. Or if you want to pick, I want to pick in the third round again this year. Well, it's going to cost you next year's second. So we got a higher pick and we got it at a sooner year. So there's benefit there as well. Yeah, double benefit. Okay. Which means then we are cutting Eric Magnuson, Demetrius Rainey, Russell Bodine, Connor McDermott, and Jerron James. I think I put little asterisks next to Connor McDermott and Russell Bodine. I think those are rosterable players in other places with teams that are, I don't know, where we were last year. <laughs> teams. Yeah, I we mean, were forced to roster them last year. Right, so it's right. not, it wouldn't be crazy if some other team was forced to roster them. Yeah, yeah. Those are two guys who I think uh, have a future elsewhere. Okay, well, let's take a quick break. Now that we've gone through the offensive side of the ball, we'll come back and do the defense and the special teams and go from there. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the Nick and Nolan Show, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. You pointed at me. What are you shaking your head for? I was just pointing like we're going to go. I thought I was going to like do the intro again, Again, uh, you know? You shouldn't point at me like that. I don't know. I was just like, hey, it's on. (laughs) So... This is, well, you see, you're working out, you know, it's preseason for all of us, right? We're working out the kinks here because you, you're actually sitting behind the machine today, which is a little bit unusual because we watch the game together at your place, and so that's that's how this is going. Anyways, I am one of your two co-hosts, Nick Bat. You can find me on Twitter at N-I-C-K-B-A-T. Don't give me that eyebrow raise. And along with me, as always, is... Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter at Bruce Exclusive. Okay, we're going to pick up where we left off here, and we are going to go through the defensive side of the ball and talk about roster projections. So, start with defensive end. I have got Daryl Johnson and Jerry Hughes, Shaq Lawson and Trent Murphy. Four ends and that is it. Some of the roster moves over the last week have really cleared up a lot of this stuff. Mike Love going to IR is one of them. The Wyatt Teller trade is another one. We're kind of getting the softball 53-man roster projections as opposed to a couple weeks ago when it was much more difficult. Daryl Johnson at this point is absolute stone cold lock in ink. He didn't even dress today, did yep. he? No, I don't think he did. If he, he may have been in the – there was a handful of guys, according to reports, who were on the field in pads warming up. And then when they went into the locker room, I don't know if coaches told them, hey, we don't need you or what, but – that was that was put to rest. So maybe he was in that category, but it didn't play during the game. It was in a, you know basically street street clothes. So he's a lock. Uh, interior. So that means the only person we're cutting is Eddie Yarborough. Well, yeah, and Acho. Oh, Sam Acho and Sam Acho. Holland. Really, Holland. He's another guy who wasn't on the Bills website, so I didn't I didn't catch him. Those three guys. Acho maybe has a future elsewhere. He sounded like a guy who was being pretty picky with his opportunities. Yeah, part of me wondered why he was still available at this point in the offseason. And I don't know, maybe he picked the wrong opportunity. But I think he's a rosterable player in the NFL. I just don't know if he'll necessarily play again. He started this game, and one of the takeaways I think you and I spoke about, I tweeted about it for this game, was that our whatever category of players you want to say the guys who played today were, our exterior guys 
our linebackers, our outside linebackers and our defensive ends, they do not contain like our first and second teams. Like there is a steep drop off. The Vikings were getting around us at ease whenever their version of this roster, whatever category, third, fourth team you want to say versus ours, they were getting around the outside very easily, including Sam Ajo. He was getting gobbled up on more than one run play to the outside. So I don't think he's got a chance. Eddie Yarborough, not the case. He was making plays. Him and Tyrell Dodson were two guys who I saw making a lot of plays. Do you think there's an argument for a fifth DE spot for Eddie Yarborough? No, not for Eddie Yarborough. For Mike Love, yes, but not for Eddie Yarborough. My opinion. I think Eddie Yarborough, he's another one of those guys who has two asterisks next to his name here on my list. I think he has a future in the NFL elsewhere. I think he's a rosterable player. I just don't think it's here. Fair enough. Let's move on to defensive tackles. Defensive tackles. We've got the Phillips brothers, Harrison Phillips, Jordan Phillips, and then Starla Tulele and Ed Oliver Forlocks. This is the easiest position on the team to project. Yeah. Guys who are cut then, according to what I saw, was Roderick Young, Kyle Pecco, and LT Walton. Pecco showed out today a little Pecco, bit. Pecco, yeah. Pecco's a, we'll talk about him again because he's on my practice squad watch. He's had a good, he's had a quietly good preseason. I think he can play at this level. And I, I hope his whatever wrist or arm injury he had late in this game, I hope it wasn't serious and isn't going to affect him that way. All right. Well, let's, let's do linebackers. So we got the starters, Milano, Edmonds, and Alexander, Zoe Alexander. I had Corey Thompson as my only other additional lock going into this game. But not only did he not dress, Stanford didn't dress. Dion Lacey did, Tyrell Dodson did, Voshan Joseph did, and Mo Alexander, I think, played just a little bit. Yeah? So I'm going to say... Obviously, the three starters, Milano, Edmonds, and Zoe, are locks. Corey Thompson and Julian Stanford is a lock. I'm going to say Mo Alexander makes the team, too. So that would be six. And Bobby Babich, it's been all over the place if you're staying plugged in, dropped on Mike Tice's podcast that he he said they were going to keep six. It could have been offhand comment, but... I think the fact that we didn't keep Sonoris Perry means we have to keep Mo Alexander. I think those two things are related. You're not going to have two yeah. people brought in for Heath Farwell's special teams units and not keep either of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I actually, for a long time, thought they were going to keep both. But I think that you're right. And that means that we're cutting Lacey, Dodson, and Voshan Joseph. Uh, the only guy who I'm really confident, I think, goes somewhere else is Dion Lacey. I think that he's a he's a decent special teams player. Obviously, dude has no breakaway speed, as we saw on the fumble recovery that got called back tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's not going to outrun anybody. But I think Voshan Joseph, there's a chance, based on the severity of his injury, they could stash him on IR. Yeah, they could. Tyrell Dodson is somebody who I think has also had a Kyle Pecco-like preseason and a guy who we'll talk about in a few minutes. Dion Lacey, do you think he has a future elsewhere? Is he a, is he a, is he a rosterable player or is this the end of the line for him? I think he's a rosterable player. I, I think he he's he's always going to be on the bubble. He's always going to be a 53. He'll never be safe. He's There's ne- never a point where Dion Lacey's going to go, "Yeah, I'm good here." He's a huge liability in defense in core defense. I mean, he cannot he does not contain the edge well. At least he didn't tonight against really inferior competition. And I, I just, I mean, in pass coverage, you saw his speed. <laughs> so you could fill in the blanks from the there. The fact that you said the word speed just really just hurts me in a weird way. I just don't understand why you'd even use that word to describe it. I saw his what would, how, what, how running. Would you, what would you I saw his running. running. 
I saw him performing the action. When you say speed, the implication there is that he was performing the action at a certain threshold. So I just don't think you should be allowed to say that. I think you should say, well, you know, I saw his movement. I wonder what his 40 time was. Okay, we'll move on. Corner? Yeah. Corner. Okay. Trey White, Levi Wallace, Kevin Johnson, Taron Johnson, Saran Neal were my locks. I agree. And then I had Captain Munnerlyn as a bubble guy. Munnerlyn and Pitts is the question here. I and didn't I didn't have Pitts as a bubble guy. I don't think Pitts is I think they brought in Munnerlyn to do everything Pitts does if they decide to keep that spot. Well, you know, Munnerlyn historically had not had the special teams run that Lafayette Pitts did. And so when they brought him in, I think it was, hey, we would prefer that you take this spot, but only if you play special teams. And I saw him on special teams, and I think he can do it, which means now I think he's replaced Pitts. I think before the acquisition of Captain Munnerlyn, you could make an argument Pitts got on this team. Well, what are the two things Pitts did, right? For the special teams specifically that were important positions, he was a gunner, mm-hmm. which maybe Robert Foster is going to be doing now, mm-hmm. and he was a jammer, and we did see Munnerlyn jamming a lot. We did. So, okay, that would mean that we are cutting. First of all, you want to get on your six cornerback soapbox? Yeah, I'm going to get, I'm, I'm, I'm get on that soapbox. For the love of all that is holy and sacred, Sean McDermott, dress enough cornerbacks. If I go into that bar one more time on Sunday and I look at Nick and he sees this horrible scowl on my face because the inactives have come out and Sean McDermott is dressing four corners, I'm going to lose my crap. You're going to carry six. You're going to dress five or six, depending on the the game plan. And you're going to be darn grateful for the opportunity because this is just absolutely flipping ridiculous. Carry six, dress five. Maybe six, depending on the the way the ball rolls. But you why, got, go ahead. Why do we need to have six on the roster if we're potentially going to dress five? Because cornerback, when you get banged up and you have to limp through the game with a safety, which is what happened like, I don't know, 40 times last year. I only played 16. 40. Games. It was 40, Nick. It was 40. 4-0. That's how many times I had nightmares about what happened. When that happens, and you have to limp through the game with a safety, and then you have to start your week going, gosh, we need another corner. That's not good. Not great, Bob. You should have to temporarily limp through the game with a safety, and then be able to just pull somebody up and reset the dial for the next game. Okay, so here's my... I just want you to convince me of this, because Munderland is still... I, You know, I can... Potential, I could use that spot. I mean, they're keeping Tyler Croft, which is really messing with my stuff here on my on my 53. If we cut Munnerlin and we roll with the five and we dress the five every week and we put Cam Lewis, say, on the practice squad and then somebody gets banged up, you bring Cam Lewis up. I mean, he's a good he's a good player. He needs just more time. He's size issues and all that stuff. Why is that significantly inferior to keeping Munnerlin? Captain Munnerlin knows what he's doing. If something goes terribly wrong, the first thing you want to plug in is somebody who you don't have to freak out about knowing what they're doing. That's why Dean Marlowe is the one who comes That's why Dean there. Marlowe has his cell phone, his special bat phone, with the red Sean McDermott face on it. And when the when the ringtone goes off, it goes, trust the process, trust the process, trust the process. <laughs> Hello, Dean Marlowe. Dean, it's Sean. Hey, hey, Sean, what's going on? We need you. 
oh, I saw the bat signal. It, it came across the you know the night sky, and he gets on his plane and he flies up to Buffalo. I don't think Dean Marlowe has a plane. Well, they, they might, send the private jet for okay, Dean Marlowe. Okay, 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 sure. The Pagoulas, the Pagoulas send their private jet the for Dean Marlowe and his, Kim, get off his couch. Kim Pagula herself flies to wherever Dean Marlowe is and brings him in. Okay. That's sure. what that's what happens when you're Batman. Commissioner Gordon meets you on top of the roof. Brandon Bean. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Commissioner right. Gordon, Brandon Bean I'm meets see, you on top I'm of the roof. See, I'm, I'm following. Instead of the bat signal, they play the shout song. Yep, okay. So, I mean, it just makes the complete sense. The bill signal, really, right? The yeah, bill absolutely. So, why why can't we just keep treat Captain Munnerlyn that way? He was available. Do you give Captain Munnerlyn the Dean Marlowe treatment? You don't give him a roster spot. If we get banged up, you can keep Cam Lewis on the practice squad. You call Captain Munnerlyn and you you send the private jet and Kim Bagula goes, gets him. You do the bat signal. You just put another bat phone on the family plan and you put it in Captain Munnerlyn's front pocket and you send him out the door. Because the probability of you needing a sixth corner is infinitely higher than the probability of you needing a fifth safety. Are you really going to carry five corners, Nick? I'm going to dress all five. And Are you going to do that thing be, to me? You're going to be damn great. I will smack I, you upside your head right now if no, you tell me you're we, carrying five corners. I, I'm going to have practice squad, guys. We're going to cut Ryan Lewis, Lafayette Pitts, Denzel Rice, and Cam Lewis. Correct? We agree on that. Yes. And then I'm on the fence about Munner Lynn, and I'm on the fence about Duke Williams and Isaiah McKenzie. Okay. And you're not on the fence about Duke Williams. Everything else, we're unanimous right now. Yeah. We'll do the safeties. Okay, safeties. I had, I, this was simple for me, I had Kurt Coleman, Micah Hyde, Jaquan Johnson, and Jordan Poyer as locks. I had us cutting Abraham Wallace and Dean Marlowe. I agree. I think there's an argument to be made because Dean Marlowe played really well in the preseason, but I don't think you keep Marlowe over Jaquan. Well, Marlowe, you know, you could say the evidence is there that we are going to do that because Marlowe played a lot less tonight than Jaquan mm-hmm. did. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And if you think you can get Jaquan to... The practice squad having two experienced backup safeties in Coleman and Marlowe, I can see them doing it. But yeah, Jaquan I, Johnson's put too much good tape out there. Yeah, I, I wouldn't hate it. Jaquan Johnson, he also put the tape out there that in in core in core defensive pass responsibilities, mm, there is something to be desired. But if he is playing in support, if he's playing a role player, if he's playing on rundowns, if he's you know, it, he he holds a specific role in a certain package of defense. Dude just jacks people up. Jaquan Johnson can play. I will be very disappointed if we cut him and he kept, kept Dean Marlowe. And we kept Dean Marlowe, and then he got picked up by another team. Okay, yeah, I would be disappointed by that too. So, okay, so specialists, specialists. Uh, we are going to cut Chase McLaughlin, even though he made a fifty-four yarder. We're going to keep Stephen House. No, we're going to trade him for a second round pick from some <laughs> second round. Well, okay, yeah. good. Because Bean's going to do that thing that he does. Get, you don't think we can get the first? I mean, I, I might be a under, little rich. I think you're undervaluing him. <laughs> Truth be told, though, I, I did make this. I did make make the comment, dude. By nailing a 54 yarder down the middle like that, he made himself literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. At least the opportunity for hundreds of thousands of dollars for his future self. Even if he gets on a, even if he gets picked up. For a, a short week stint, and he gets invited to a tryout or something, he's going to get invited to that tryout because of that fifty-four yard field goal down the middle. Like, do, uh, congratulations to him. He's not going to make it here. Obviously, we have Stephen Hauch. Can we just signed him? It's it's a done deal. Uh, but a good good for him. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so Bohorquez, 
Reed Ferguson, Stephen Hauschka, I don't think Bajorquez is the answer. I don't think Bajorquez makes this team. Well, last year, this is when we got Bajorquez. Yeah. Right? I, Th- this time last year is when we got him. If Corey Bajorquez is the punter week one, I think I might have t-shirts made. And not in the good way. Would you rather us... You have to pick one. We only dress four corners or Corey Bajorquez is our punter. It's just the different circles of hell that you're <laughs> describing. Which one is lower? Dressing four corners. <laughs> okay, we can live with Bajorquez just a little bit more. Okay, fair enough. I had 45 going in as locks. And then we added Yeldon, Ryan Bates, Ike Botker, Julian Stanford, Mo Alexander, plus Tyler Croft. Freaking Tyler Croft. Okay, so now I've got two spots left, and I've got three guys who are on the bubble. Captain Munnerlin, Duke Williams, and Isaiah McKenzie for me. If you keep seven receivers and five corners, I might smack you. You're on the record as we agree about everything, except to this point, and your answers... Your answers to these last two spots are Captain Munnerlin and Duke Williams. Yes. Why are you going to keep seven receivers and no, five No, no, I'll, I'll take Munnerlin. You've convinced me. I'll take Munnerlin. I just don't know what I'm going to do for that seven, for that sixth wide receiver now. So Duke and McKenzie's really, really struggling with you. That's really hard now, for me. Now, this is predictive. Take your heart out of this. Oh, man, that's really hard, though. I... I I just, to me, it just, McKenzie makes so much sense with the chemistry and with, he did, he hardly saw the field, which we, we are on record as saying that's, that means that they like you, right? Or they know you. <sighs> yeah, I get it. I, 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 it doesn't necessarily mean they like you. It just means they've seen everything they need to see. But every single time he saw the field, he like scored or made, made plays. All right. I got a metaphor for you. Okay. So. We're going to get to know Bruce just a second here from just a little bit right now. So I was a competitive vocalist in high school and I used to do traveling in middle school and places like that to do go to state competitions to sing solos. And in those things, you finish an entire song, you sing your entire song, you're judged, they give you scorecards, all that stuff like that. When you go to American Idol, that's not the case. When you go to American Idol, sometimes you don't get through the entire song because they stop you early. She bangs, she bangs. Thank I'm you. wasted by the way Thank she... you. <laughs> you can't sing, you can't dance. So what do you want me to say? Just because you don't sing as much doesn't mean you're good. It could just mean they've heard enough. This is the same thing with Isaiah McKenzie. Just because he didn't play a lot of snaps doesn't mean that he didn't play a lot of snaps because we already know he's great. Why didn't they play him late today? I took my microphone. I'm so distraught about this. I actually have to sit back in my chair. I pulled the microphone out of the boom arm, and I'm sitting here. So if you heard some background noise while Bruce was giving us that terrific metaphor, forgive me. But I'm so I'm, I had to change my posture. This is this I'm, indigestion is already happening. Pepto and Tums are in my future. Okay? He sat back. He crossed his legs. He's leaning back, as if he's pondering this, and is very, very, very frazzled. I just why didn't if we had played McKenzie a lot tonight? If McKenzie saw the same kind of minutes that Ray Ray did, 
I would be right there with you. This would be so easy for me to get right or for me to think that's the case. They, they played Duke tonight more than... I, I just... I don't know. I mean, did they need to see more from Duke? I mean, wasn't... was Okay, so here's a question for you. Let me... Humor me on this. Were you already in the Isaiah's going to get cut, Duke is going to make the roster before tonight? Yes. Why is the fact that that is where you were, and I'm assuming that's where you think the team was. Yes. If that's where the team was... Why did Duke continue to play significant minutes tonight in a meaningless game and Isaiah didn't? Because anything that you wanted to have Isaiah do this game, you wanted to see Ray Ray do it instead. Why on earth would you run those same plays to Isaiah when you already know the answers about him? You want to see Ray Ray do those things to see if there's a future on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. And there is. He had some great open field moves. I mean, the stuff that you like about him, he did it. Right. So. He ran a lot of the similar plays that Isaiah ran. So they don't want to see those plays run with Isaiah. They want to see him run with Ray Ray. Or easily. They play different positions. Hmm. You're not going to run a quick bubble screen to Duke Williams that often, dude. Like, that's just not something that you're going to run. But you are going to run with Nick Easley, and we saw it. And Nick Easley made a good play. We saw it with Ray Ray McLeod. He thought he was going to break it for a touchdown. All right, so I'm thinking here, special teams. Isaiah doesn't really give you a whole lot on special teams outside of returnability. And, he's and not I would a, argue he's, well, he's a liability a, there because yeah. he drops the ball. Yeah, he's not a good return. He's not a, so he's not someone you're going to dress even if you put on – if you put him as a wide receiver six, would you dress him? What would be the compelling argument to dress Isaiah McKenzie? If he's wide receiver six – Tell me why you dress him. I think you just dress him because he can he can play in multiple positions around the field. I mean, it's if you had two. But what touches are you going to give him that you wouldn't rather give somebody else? Well, you but you run but you, when you run the play, just because it, you it's designed to go to a certain read doesn't necessarily mean that's where the ball goes. The defense is going to take something away, and then you have alternatives. He's obviously just going to be one of your alternatives. It's. It doesn't have to go the way that you design it. You want to get the ball to Cole Beasley, and in certain circumstances, you can force that. In other times, you, you, hopefully, Josh Allen's going to you know look elsewhere if it's not there. I will go with Duke Williams, so we will have a consensus across the board. But it is because of his blocking and tenacity on special teams in oh. in kick coverage and uh, in kick returns. Okay. So, here's the final roster. Quarterbacks, Allen and Barkley. Yep. Running back, McCoy, Gore, Singletary, Yeldon, DeMarco. Wide receivers, Brown, Beasley, Jones, Foster, Roberts, Duke Williams. Tight end, Knox, Smith, Sweeney, Croft. Offensive line, Dawkins, Spain, Morse, Ford, Inseki, Feliciano, Bates, Spencer Long, Ike Butker. Defensive tackle, Oliver, Latulale, Jordan Phillips, Harrison Phillips. Defensive end, Hughes, Murphy, Lawson, Daryl Johnson. Linebacker, Edmonds, Milano, Lorenzo Alexander, Thompson, Stanford, Maurice Alexander. Corner, White, Wallace, Kevin Johnson, Teron Johnson, Saran Neal, Captain Munnerlin. Safety, Hyde, Poyer, Coleman, Jaquan Johnson. Kicker, Hauschka, Hunter, some guy we sign off the street. Long snapper, <laughs> Reed Ferguson. Yep. 
I agree. That's the 53-man roster. I would like to talk about my projections for the practice squad. I'd like to get your at least your feedback on them. Let's, well, let's hear it. Okay. So, obviously, I don't, I don't think our practice squad, you made this comment. I, I told you, oh, I have 10 guys who are going to make the practice squad. You said, that's dumb. <laughs> our practice squad is going to be half full of guys from other teams. Well, I haven't been watching every other team's. <laughs> every other team. I'm not projecting their pit. Their, I don't know who their Kyle Pecco is that we're going to go and try to go after. So, humor me. Okay. So, Ray Ray McLeod. I think there's a there's a there's somewhat of a potential he doesn't make it through waivers. Somebody else could like him. I don't think that's likely, uh, but I wouldn't be totally shocked if somebody else grabbed him. Uh, Nick Easley, David Sills. So that's three wide receivers. I have Cam Lewis on here. Do you have any idea about Denzel Rice? Do you like think he has a chance at the at the practice? I have one? not been impressed with Denzel Rice. Okay, okay. So Dave, so then we got Cam Lewis. So that's wide receivers and corners. Uh, Kyle Pecco. Absolutely. Uh, he's a great practice squad defensive tackle. I have Jerron Jones tackle. Now, if we don't like him, I would expect us to have a tackle on the practice squad somehow, somewhere, just because we are not still, even with Ryan Bates and his versatility, we are not a tackle rich team. So I would imagine we're going to have a tackle on there. Uh, Jerron Jones is the guy who I would pick out of who we have. Do you feel differently? Yeah, it's not a it's not a great lineup we have to pick from Eric, there. Eric Magnuson, sir, can I <laughs> can I, I interest uh, you in some Eric Magnuson, <laughs> sir? On the menu tonight we have two options: we have a Jerron Jones and we have an Eric Magnuson. Um, what comes on the Eric Magnuson? <laughs> uh, the Eric Magnuson comes with a name that is appropriate for strongman competitions, and Jerron Jones comes with a hometown feel good story. Hmm, I'll take you home hometown feel good story, okay, please. There we, there we are. So now we have. Uh, we're both cutting Voshan Joseph. I mean, we're in, we're in unison, obviously, so we're cutting Voshan Joseph. Voshan Joseph, he, or we're stashing him on IR. That is. So, would you rather? Okay, so which would you rather do? Would you rather cut Voshan Joseph and then try to bring him to the practice squad, or would you rather put him on IR? I'd rather put him on IR. If you put him on IR, what are the team activities that he can participate in? Like, is he, is he allowed to do anything other than rehab? Not really. It's fine with you. Yeah. All right. Well, I think he's going to be on the team one of those two ways. I don't think we're going to let him go. I mean, like, I don't, when we cut him, do you think there's – if we cut him and try to go into a practice squad, how worried are you that he'll get picked up? I'm not crazy worried unless there was another team who really, really, really liked him in the draft and was upset about it and has a problem with linebacker. I would be more worried that Tyrell Dodson is a guy that we would cut that isn't going to make it. I think Tyrell Dodson has had a good camp, and he plays – uh, versatile. I think he can play strong side and middle, and I, I've I've liked him this preseason. Yeah, he's been fine. He's been fine. Okay, you're not that impressed. Okay, I'm not so that impressed. Tyrell Dotson is another candidate. Abraham Wallace. Now we signed. I like Abraham Wallace. I think the Bills like Abraham Wallace. They signed him earlier this year, cut him like two days later during some roster shuffle, and then brought him back like a week and a half later. So he was a guy that they had the opportunity to get away from and and could have gone any direction of other available safeties, and they like him. He flashed a little bit tonight, too. Yeah, flashed in a bad way, too, in, in pass coverage at one point. So I like Abraham Wallace, though. I think that the Bills like Abraham Wallace. Christian Wade would be our 11th bonus guy. Absolutely. No, no worries. I hope you all came back to earth seeing him play like a normal running back tonight. Dude is not 
incredibly special as far as running back skills. He's going to get cut. Nobody's going to claim him, and he's going to be on our practice squad. All right, here we go. Let's let's talk about it. Tyree Jackson. He's on my practice squad. I would prefer that he not. I think he will be because of the way Bean operates and the way they like to develop their own. I would prefer my personal preference is that he not be on the practice squad. Do you want a quarterback on the practice squad? Yes, just not him. All right. I think the sooner he embraces a position switch at the NFL, the better off he'll be. Well, good luck to him. I think he'll be there, and I don't care really if he's not, though. So I think we feel similarly about that. Okay, here are guys that we are cutting, and they just have no future with us. So just we'll run through these real quick and, and just make sure there's nobody that there's anything else you want to say about. Jason Kroom, Keith Tobridge, Nate Becker, Kyle Carter. Those are all tight ends. Chase McLaughlin, the uh, kicker. Connor McDermott, tackle. Russell Bodine, center and guard. Demetrius Rainey, guard, I believe. Eric Magnuson. <laughs> Tackle. <laughs> uh, Sonoris Perry. So, I, mean, I think he has a future elsewhere. I think Russell Bodine, Connor McDermott, Jason Kroom, and Sonoris Perry all have futures elsewhere. Marcus Murphy, I think, has a future elsewhere. Cam Phillips, wide receiver. I, I wouldn't be surprised. We talked about this on the podcast that got lost and is never going to see the light of day. But Cam Phillips is a guy who I said reminded me of Donald Jones, who, and I don't mean this as a shade to Donald Jones, wasn't spectacular in any one particular way of his game, but found time playing and starting on a somewhat, you know, wide receiver needy team, where the only guys that we can even really remember from that era are Stevie Johnson, Donald Jones, and David Nelson. So uh, you said a couple weeks ago in that pod that didn't make it air, Make, didn't make it to air, that you thought Cam Phillips could potentially have a future in the NFL, but he just needed to find that kind of a team. Do you still feel that way? Absolutely. Okay. Vic Bolden. Do you have anything to say about Vic Bolden? We didn't, again, we talked about him on the previous pod that nobody else heard, but do you have any feelings about him? Does he have a future elsewhere? I don't think so. I think Vic Bolden gives you speed, and that's great. And so the speed is always going to be tempting to people. And he's not Marquise Goodwin. He's got speed, but he's not Marquise Goodwin. People look at him and go, well, you know, maybe we can diet Marquise Goodwin, you know, and that's not what he is. And so I think that he potentially could get another shot because of the speed. As long as you have that speed, people are going to going to think, yeah, you know, I can do something with him. But if Kyle Shanahan can't make use of that speed, offensive play caller who makes use of speed better than anybody potentially in the league, uh, I don't know if anybody can. Yeah. Okay. Well, Vic Bolden. That might be, I mean, that might be one of the situations. I mean, there's a lot of guys on this list, and there's a lot of guys around the league. This is their last game, man. This is their last. This might be the end of their football career. Period. We're gonna cut then A.D. Yarborough, uh, and then Sam Acho, and what was the other guy's name? Holland. Holland. Those three guys. I think Eddie Yarborough has a future elsewhere. I don't know about the other two guys. Um, Roderick Young, LT Walton, those are two defensive tackles. Uh, Brian Lewis is going to get cut. Lafayette Pitts. I think Lafayette Pitts has a future in the league elsewhere. I agree. Not here. Denzel Rice and Dean Marlowe, and I think Dean Marlowe has a future potentially here. <laughs> just in yeah, it's just going to happen spe- in November. In the very special way that we have a Dean Marlowe relationship. Yeah? Okay. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in for this Reactions podcast to the Bills-Vikings game, a little bit of the Wyatt Teller trade recap, and 
our 53-man roster projection. The only one, Nick and Nolan, we didn't do this five times. We, we did not. Do, we didn't do this three times. We didn't do this two times. One time, we did it. At the easiest possible time to get it right is when we did that. So Low-hanging fruit, low Nick hang- and Nolan. There we go. That's what we like to do. So... Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We hope that you thought that we had some interesting things to say. We want to know what you think. Where do you disagree with us? I mean, it's, we, we you heard me struggle through this on the air. Bruce, it was clinical, easy peasy for him. I struggled. There may have been people who we cut that you are thinking, how in the hell did you do that? There's no way. Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think. We absolutely would love to hear from you. We'd love to interact with you. And as always, I'm going to ask you one other favor. If you like what Bruce and I do, if you think that we got a good thing going, if you enjoy listening to us on Buffalo Rumblings, head over to the iTunes store, give us a five-star review or four-star review or whatever you think is appropriate, and leave us a couple sentences and tell us what you think. If we make you laugh, if you think we're funny, if you think we're smart, anything like that, even if you think we're dumb, head over there and let us know about it. Well, I mean, maybe not if you think you're dumb. Maybe, no, maybe yeah, yeah, just yeah. Take, keep that to yourself. Don't listen to Bruce. Just do whatever you want. Do Listen to your heart. Do Listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. Okay, so thank you guys so much for listening to us. We hope you had a great time. Let us know what you think. We'll be back with you next Wednesday, right before week one, and back into the normal routine. As always, until next time. I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. I like a do the cha-cha. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.